Hey, it's Callan. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Imperfect Me Women. I'm very excited to have Jace with us today. She is amazing. She talks about body image and her own journey with disordered eating, which I think is something that impacts so many women and such a wide audience of people. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say and her story, and I'll leave it to her. Chase is a body image coach currently living in Houston, Texas. She is a triathlete, world's toughest mutter 24-hour finisher, and works as an operations engineer at a major energy company. Her passions include helping women end their obsession with food, hanging out with her husband and dog, and spending time outside. Dang. So, okay, so world's toughest mutter 24-hour finisher, what is that? Um, so it is a tough mutter, but 24 hours on the same five mile loop. And <laughs> if you can't do an obstacle, which, you know, during 24 hours, it'll happen that you can't do obstacles. You have extra obstacles added on with extra mileage, which doesn't count to your total mileage. Oh my goodness. So in <laughs> case a tough mutter wasn't tough enough, then we're just going to keep doing it for 24 hours. Yeah. So for me, it was a lot of like, let me see how sleep deprived I can get myself. And I already tell really stupid stories during long runs. My (laughs) friends think I'm ridiculous. So they're like, my buddy who I went with was like, oh my God, I'm just prepared for like 24 hours (laughs) of otter jokes. And that's what it was. That is so awesome. I I think that that is amazing that anybody could do such a thing. So kudos to you. That is awesome. Thank you. Well, so uh, I know that you have kind of a journey and a story to share with the listeners today. So why don't you go ahead and just start wherever you want with that? Yeah, sure. So um, growing up, I grew up in a Mediterranean family. You know, part of my family is Italian, part of them is Greek. And everyone shows affection with food. So, you know, naturally growing up, I was not the smallest child. And by the time I realized this, I put myself on my first diet when I was around eight years old. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, I, you know, just kind of cycled through the different diets. It was the cabbage diet and the vegetarian vegan diet. And, Mm -hmm. um, paleo, Atkins, low carb, everything that you can think of. I've probably done it. And I've probably done it like multiple times under different names because I've been dieting so long. So, uh, you know, when I finally finished, it was probably around 20 years total. Wow. And so it's just this crazy cycle where diets are they're designed to make you lose weight, right? But it's mm-hmm. it's very short term. And once you get off the diet, most people end up gaining back whatever they lost. And usually a few pounds because they haven't eaten a slice of chocolate cake in three months. And chocolate cake is the bomb. Let's mm-hmm. be real. <laughs> For sure. So I was, I was a college athlete. And somewhere in there, I convinced myself that, you know, my, my system ran best when it was empty. Um, and then to add into the mix, there was over-exercising as well. So I would go to practice, 
I'd get up, you know, at four o'clock in the morning to run. And it was just like, for me, it was an excuse of, well, I have to do this for the sport. Mm-hmm. I was a D3 college athlete. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get that cleared up right now. Not an Olympian over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, granted, we, you know, my crew team had a couple championship titles under our belt. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I took athletics way more seriously than I should have. And it was, it was something for me to focus on that wasn't food, right? <laughs> right, right. So it, it wasn't until I was older. I was around 26 when I was like, um, I don't think this is normal because it had been my whole life was just different, disordered or restrictive eating. And I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to be healthy. And that was kind of a few couple years ago. So when muscles started getting popular and thin was not quite so in anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to look like a CrossFit girl. turns (laughs) out in order to look like that, you have to eat. (laughs) That's true. So yeah, I I just didn't, I wasn't eating enough calories to put on the kind of muscle that I wanted. And I was not seeing the gains in my lifts that I wanted. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And it, it was it was from an aesthetic standpoint as well, and I was still doing things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But because my system had been deprived of certain things for so long, it was like I went kind of balls to the wall the other direction. And I was like, oh, yeah, cake, I can eat that. I'm bulking, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I called it bro eating, actually. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can eat that. It's bulk season. Uh-huh. Um, bulk season <laughs> turned into a couple years because I had no idea how to eat, right? Right. Like, I knew what the food pyramid was. I think they drill it into you somewhere between elementary and middle school. But <laughs> it, A, that's not a, a good way to eat. But And B, I, like, I didn't know how to inter- interpret that and use it in my daily life, right? Right. And so... I was in a situation where it was a, a pretty dangerous situation for me. And to make myself safe, I really was, I was binge eating because if I was like big, I wasn't going to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the course of a couple years, what had been an undereating problem turned into an overeating problem. And I was like, I don't think people recover from this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is how it ends. <laughs> Because you hear of people overcoming eating disorders, and it's it's rare, but typically it's you know people who come out of anorexia treatment right. or come out of bulimia treatment. Nobody t- nobody talks about how they don't binge eat anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stigma around binge eating, anyways. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of reasons why it happens. It's not going to be the same set of circumstances for everyone. For me, it was a combination of a scarcity mindset. So I, like I said, I had gone so long without certain things. And then it was also a safety thing. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want, I didn't, you know, I didn't want attention from anybody. And you, you don't get that. I thought if I looked a certain way. Mm -hmm. And also it was really, and I didn't identify this until later, it was, I was trying to not feel anything. Mm-hmm. I was trying to just get rid of the emotionality behind everything. 
So to put this in perspective a little bit, um, I'm an engineer by trade, very numbers, very science driven. Mm -hmm. There was a period of my life where I didn't cry for about 10 years. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because I was so scared of emotionality because for me, there was no place for it in processes. So if you, if you look at a capital project, you know, you can't make any mistakes and it can't be driven by emotionality. Mm-hmm. So I was just so focused on doing everything right and doing what I was supposed to do. And I'm very much a perfectionist, um, or I was, I said, I'll, I'll say I was very meticulous in my work and I thought that in order to have that in my work, it also had to carry over into my personal life as well. Right. So that's terrifying um, to be like, to be told, hey, yeah, you can heal, but you have to feel. And I was like, Mm-mm. nope, oh, I'm not man. doing that. <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, suddenly you're facing the thing that was unconsciously your worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And so... I started following Sam Skelly and Brittany Brown and a couple different people uh, who openly talked about binge eating. Mm -hmm. Most people don't talk about that. And a lot of people do it. And for a lot of people, it's their, it's their worst nightmare to talk about it and say, yeah, I do it. It happens. Right. Um, But they openly talked about their struggles and how they overcame them. And that started to give me hope because like I said, I did not think it was possible. I just thought that this was always going to be a piece of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that everyone went in the pantry and snacked on chocolate chips straight out of the bag and then came out like pretending that they were looking for the pasta for dinner. Mm -hmm. And that was a behavior that I had seen modeled like in my friendships. And so I was just like, oh, this is normal. Like everyone does this. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard to, to want to become more than that. But then also once I found out what the healing was going to entail for me, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. This is this is scary. Because yeah. <laughs> both Sam and Brittany talk about, you know, tapping into your feelings and slowing down the hustle and realizing that what you're feeling in this moment is perfect and you can embrace it and change your state mm-hmm. and everything is going to be okay. So I started the Hungry for Happiness certification just because I was so determined to change my own life and learn how to quit uh, binge eating for myself and, you know, be able to open a bag of chips and not finish the whole thing in one sitting or keep a pint of Ben and Jerry's in the freezer for more than a few days. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Because as a recovering perfectionist, I was like, oh, I have to eat the whole thing. Right. It was an all or nothing mindset. Eat it in one sitting. That's that's what it's made for. It's a one serving cup. Yeah. No, there's there's four servings in there, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's okay. Um, and I I realized that I really had this passion to teach uh, different skills and coping mechanisms to women who are very much like I was. So very type A, very 
like stuck in their own way. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. And everything's going to be perfect. Right. Um, whereas in your internal world, everything is kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I just had this passion for it and I wanted to raise awareness around it because like I said, so few people talk about their struggles with binge eating and it's super, super common, especially for women Mm. that um, have yo-yo dieted in the past. Yeah. Well, and I think almost, you know, in the same way that diets are encouraged, as far as you want to be healthy and get fit and all of those things, you get the thin spo stuff going on on the opposite direction. I feel like binge eating is somewhat encouraged too. (laughs) Like you get the, like, well, you know, go indulge. You see all the time you see women who had a bad breakup and are sitting there eating a whole thing of ice cream or, you know, like I feel like in our culture, we kind of make a a joke about it or like a, we take it pretty lightly and it's just kind of assumed that that's something that people do. That's no big deal. But I like what you had to say about, no, it can actually be a real problem for people. And we don't, we don't really address that very much. I agree with you on that. Right. Like everyone sees Elle Woods in Legally Blonde Mm -hmm. and she's sitting there eating chocolates and throws the whole box at the TV and crying and she hasn't gotten out of bed in three days. But then she just goes on to become this super successful lawyer and never does it ever again. And that's not realistic for most women. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if you have one instance where food really helps you in that way and helps you kind of cope with those really difficult emotions, then it makes sense that you would continue turning to that. That's just natural. That's very normal for people to continue turning to the things that help them cope. Yeah. If it has always served you, you're going to keep coming back to it. Mm -hmm. Like you go, you go back to your favorite restaurant all the time because you know, the food's good and you like the staff, right? So if this behavior has served you your whole life, um, unless you have a reason to shift it, you're not going to. Right. So a lot of the work that I do actually, um, we shift beliefs with clients and then the behaviors come. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't feel like you're worthy of being better or you don't feel, uh, you feel like, well, this is how it's always going to be forever. That's how it's always going to be. Right. It's not until you believe that, yes, I'm worthy of not doing this anymore. I'm worthy of behaviors that serve me. I am worthy of all the amazing things in life. You can't have it unless you believe it. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And it seems like you've kind of had to come, come to that and that that wasn't necessarily something that was a natural thing for you growing up. And then also into your young adulthood, like you said, that this started at eight years old for you. So it seems like it was almost part of that family culture, not only to bond around food, but also maybe for you specifically to use food because you felt uncomfortable expressing emotion. Yes. And that's so common. Everyone thinks that these behaviors are about control. And for, for some people, that's a, that's a very large part of it, but it's for most people, it's about numbing out and it's about not focusing on what's going on around them. And food's just a tool to do that. Yeah. It's about feeling out of control. Yeah. And there's so many better tools out there, but 
we don't, we don't talk about them. We don't empower people with these resources. And so if, if you don't know what tools you have in your toolbox or how to use them, you're not going to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's really kind of the work that I like to do. The thing about a lot of women who have struggled with disordered eating is that they're often, they're perfectionists. Um, they want to look a certain way to keep up appearances and they will do that at the cost of their own happiness, right? which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm miserable, but I have a six pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, like I said, you know, nothing, nothing changes until you believe that you deserve to be happy. And once you identify what you want to feel, it's so much easier to get to that outcome. So mostly, you know, I just, I just wish I could wrap all these women up in my arms and be like, look, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I just need you to believe that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's beautiful, especially knowing that you've kind of come from that dark place that you would want to reach out and be there for other women who are in a similar situation. Yeah. You mentioned a few different resources that I want to make sure that we're clear on. So who is Sam and Brittany? Yes. Um, Sam Skelly of Hungry for Happiness and Brittany Brown of, um, I think her company is called Beating Binge Eating. Okay. And they're two really powerful resources. Um, Sam has a podcast. Brittany does a lot of content on Instagram. And so those are two really great resources to check out if you are struggling with these things right now. Yeah. Like I said, um, binge eating for me was like the five-minute mile. So I don't know if you're familiar with the story or not, but just in case listeners aren't, you know, people used to believe that you could not run a mile in under five minutes. Uh And People tried and tried and tried and no one ever did. And finally, this guy broke the record. And I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, bro- he broke the record. And then like just a couple months later, somebody else did. Right. Because they believed it was possible. Yeah. 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 Okay. So awesome. I will definitely put those resources in the show notes. Some links to okay. all of their stuff because I think as much resources as we can throw out there. That's awesome. So I kind of am interested in learning more about your process and how you came to the conclusion that you were actually using food as, as emotional coping and how you were able, cause I know you talked about how you began to change your beliefs, but how did that process happen for you? Was it a fairly quick process where you kind of just woke up one day and realized that that's what needed to change? Or was it something that you kind of came to over a certain period of time? How was that for you? Sure. Um, so like I said, I enrolled in the hungry for happiness certification program because I was like, if nothing else, I'm going to change. I don't necessarily need to have a business. I just need to change. So my reasoning was very, very selfish mm-hmm. um, in that regard. And as we were going through the process, you know, we started to identify what beliefs we had around food, what thoughts we had around food, what feelings we had around food. 
And I always, always, always thought it was about control. Right. Right before I entered the program. And so let me back up. Because I thought it was about control, I thought that my out of control eating was a result of not having willpower or not having motivation. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that if you were just more disciplined, you could lose weight and not eat like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, well, if you just had the right motivation or you need to look at what your goals are, it wasn't that for me. Um, And it's not for most women. And I think we beat ourselves up because we're like, well, shoot, like, you know, I did this diet and I lost 20 pounds and I kept it off for a year. Why can't I do it this time? Right. So you are not broken. The system is what's broken. The diet industry is what's broken because every time you buy a bar or a pill or a wrap, they're making money. Right. Of course, they want to keep you fat and unhappy, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I started I started looking at what my belief system was around it. And so once I realized it wasn't about control, I was like, well, what is it about? And right before I enrolled in the program, I thought I started learning about scarcity um, and scarcity mindset. And I was like, oh, duh, it's scarcity. It's, you know, I haven't eaten any of these delicious things and now I want them all. <laughs> um, and, it, and while part of it is that, a that's not everything either. So through meditation and sitting with myself and really trying, getting curious about different things. So if, you know, if something was coming up for me, like, oh, I need to go eat this right now. I'd be like, why? Mm -hmm. Well, because I'm, I'm tired or I'm, I'm, I'm angry or upset. And it's like, okay, why am I tired or angry or upset? You know, and once I started kind of getting curious and investigating this stuff, and the the reasoning became really clear. And don't get me wrong, it didn't just happen overnight. It's a practice. Um, but by getting curious and learning how to sit with myself and say, is this an emotional hunger cue or is this a physical hunger cue? Because they feel different. Right. Um, and so once I was able to learn that, it was it came, it started coming really quickly, but I did have to make the time to sit and do the work. Yeah. To really just get to know what's going on inside your brain and your thought process and beliefs about yourself yeah. and your own eating habits. Exactly. Yeah. Because I was so always on the go, I was trying to get a million things done. I was like, this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this needs to happen. And I was so focused on outcomes for you know, for work or for other people. And I wasn't, I wasn't sitting here and running through the process about myself. I wasn't doing my own system checks or my own preventative maintenance. Right. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's easy to think with situations like this, it's about the food, right? But it's so not about the food. (laughs) It's, it's, it's no. about the food as much no. as... No, and now I eat pizza and ice cream and all sorts of awesome stuff. Right. And um, I'm I'm back into clothes that I, I put up and thought I would never fit back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not about... Um, and, and like you said, sometimes it's not even about what you look like or trying to gain that control. Because those are the things we're more familiar with when people have struggles with eating. But 
sometimes it really is just, I have not done enough self work to realize that I'm doing this emotionally and I just need to get to know myself well enough to realize my hunger cues and my emotional cues and how to direct those in appropriate ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was so out of touch with myself and my body. Like, had you asked me to write a bio back then, I would have been like, I don't know. (laughs) I like dogs. Um, My favorite color is blue. Uh Like, I don't know anything about myself. And I spent so much time trying not to know things about myself because I was just so focused on putting my attention outside of myself. Of getting things done, of um, you know, giving a hundred and ten percent to everybody but myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, I was wondering what what about your friends and family? What did they think about this journey as you went from an eight year old who was dieting? I mean, I assume you had somebody modeling that behavior in your life, and then also as you became a young adult and you chose to make this change in your life. What do the people close to you feel about that? Was that challenging? So I was always very secretive about my eating habits um, to the point where I I pushed people. I used to push people away. Um, I didn't have a lot of close friends that were close friends for a long time. I would kind of shift friend groups Mm -hmm. every so often and it's so isolating and no one really talks about that either because you can't be friends with someone who's going to question why you don't want to go out to dinner with them again this week. Um, you, you kind of live in this fear that people are going to catch on and people are going to figure out what's going on. So, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of close girlfriends until really recently And it was hard for me to open up to them and be like, hey, look, this is what I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. Um, But there I have I have amazing friends now. They're very much on a mission to also make their lives as aligned and fulfilled as possible. Um, And we we all kind of make each other better. Mm -hmm. So they Like one of my friends, if I'm like, oh God, I'm so mad right now. She'll be like, how can you feel happy? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Um, So it's, I'm not isolated now. I try to be more honest now. Um, But a lot of people don't know kind of what I've been through. And the hardest thing for me is when people say, I had no idea you were going through that. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I didn't want you to. Don't be sorry. Right. But people who have known me for a long time, like my family, they all say, oh, my God, you like you're so much. You seem so much happier. I was very, very hot headed when I was Mm -hmm. younger. I can still lose it at any moment's notice, but it's a control to lose it now. Um, so if I am flying off the handle, it's because it's it's calculated and I'm actually super mad and you better watch out. <laughs> but I don't just lose my bananas because it's Tuesday and I thought it was Wednesday mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So they've been able to notice that positive difference in you, even though they didn't know the kind of contrast there. For yeah. You. 
Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, everyone grows and changes as they, as they get older. I, at least you hope they do because some people don't <laughs> and they're stuck in their the BS <laughs> forever, but yeah, but, um, you, you always want to be constantly growing and evolving, or at least I do. And I, I'm thankful that people can see the shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So Thank you. So I know that you've kind of given some advice to other people that might be going through the same thing, but for listeners right now that are feeling ashamed or alone and their binge eating problems and, or any type of disordered eating, what kind of straightforward advice would you give based on your own imperfect experiences with those things? Gosh, um, that's a really good question. The first piece of advice is just have hope that it does get better than this because it can. Don't be scared of doing the work. It's going to feel really icky at first. It's going to feel like, oh, what am I doing? These are feelings that I don't want to feel. You know, this is stuff I haven't thought about for 10 years. I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to heal through this. I don't want to process this. And yeah, it feels icky, but what's going to feel worse, you know, in five years being where you are now still or dealing with this stuff and getting it out of your way so that you can cultivate your own happiness, your own freedom. Um, Everyone says find your why in, you know, the the fitness and diet industry, but I I think it applies here too. Find your why to to get out of that, to feel better, um, to not, to not be sitting there with your friends while they're all drinking margaritas being like, Oh, I can have one. And then I'm at my count for the day and I have to drink water. Mm -hmm. Like enjoy that time with your friends, you know, enjoy that time with your family. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, as you were talking, I was thinking about how you've spoken to, it's not necessarily a quick fix. If somebody's telling you that this can be a quick thing, if you can lose 20 pounds in a month or, you know, totally change your entire eating lifestyle based on this 10 week program. And I just, I, that's what always gets me. It's nothing comes that easily when we're really trying to make real change in our lives. It doesn't come that quickly and that easily. It takes a lot of work. And so, yeah, but if you can actually do the work, the same, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no. The same people that were doing paleo five years ago and telling me, Oh, this is a lifestyle. It's always going to be like this. This is such an easy way to eat. They're saying the same thing about keto now. Yep. Yeah. And there's always going to be a diet. There's always going to be like, Oh, science says you need to do this. No, like you need to eat in a way that fuels your body, that feels good, that doesn't leave you feeling deprived, and that makes you Mm -hmm. happy. Yeah, and it can't be this all or nothing approach. No. Because then you end up in situations like you said, where you've just starved yourself or deprived yourself of things for so long, and then you go the opposite direction. Yes. I'm like, dude, have you ever had like, and then I insert whatever kind of amazing food (laughs) because there's so many amazing foods. I made 
broccoli with like truffle oil the other day and it was the bomb (laughs) right and it's not something you would think of like dude do you eat broccoli but it was delicious (laughs) i baked it it was amazing i was like this is so Mm -hmm. good (laughs) but you know like oil has fat so some people can't eat that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. So just being able to look at the work that you need to do and, and find, find your why, but for the right reasons, (laughs) make sure that the why matters enough yeah, and that it's not something more superficial or more temporary. Exactly. Like people say, oh, I'll be happy when I have a six pack or, you know, when I can squat 200 pounds what they miss is that they don't they don't necessarily want six pack abs or you know to be able to squat that much they want to be happy right. they say i'll be happy yeah. when so it's it, whatever they do to get there doesn't matter it's how they want to yeah. feel yeah and the thing is that without that without understanding that really what you want is happiness, when you get to the point where you have six pack abs, you're not actually going to be happy. <laughs> there's always going to be something right. more. Then it's something else. Yeah. There's always going to be something yeah. different that you want because you haven't done the work inside to make sure that you're actually happy. Like there's nothing wrong with six yeah. pack abs. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> as long as you're doing it with the exactly. right mindset. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy to me because people get so caught up on just these, these goals. And it's one thing after another, after another. And once they accomplish something, they never take the time to say, I did this. This is where I'm at. It was amazing. Let me celebrate the work and the time that I put in to get here. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you would learn that too in practicing mindful eating because it's kind of the same approach where you're like, I have this awesome piece of chocolate cake in front of me. I'm going to really enjoy this for what it is right now instead of just moving on to the next thing and, and just eating your way through it. Yeah. Cause then you eat it and you feel like you feel like it's gone like that and you were miserable because you ate all those calories and you didn't even get to enjoy it because you were so focused on already feeling guilty before you even finished it, you know? Um, and it's so easy to get caught up in that. It's, it's so easy, but by eating mindfully, like I don't, I don't crave things like that Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, where it's like, oh, I need a slice of chocolate cake right now. And let me go down to the bakery, even though it's pouring down rain Mm -hmm. to get one. Um, I'm like, "Mm, that can wait for when I want one. Everyone thinks that if you allow yourself to eat what you want, you will just be out of control. And some people will be for a few weeks because, you know, they haven't had any of this in years, maybe. But once you tip the scale back the other way, it's so easy to eat um, intentionally. It's so easy to eat food that's good, that's good for you. And you don't, you don't crave the crap Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with that. And we'll definitely, for anybody that wants to find out more about Jace, you can uh, definitely see all of her show notes in our show notes. We'll have links to her podcast and 
<clears throat> all of the awesome resources that she talked about today. We'll have links to that as well. Thank you so much, Jace, for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed getting to know Jace better and I'll be appearing on her podcast later. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. If you want to find more information about me and what I'm doing, you can visit me at imperfectmewomen.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under the handle imperfectmewomen. I offer coaching services and I am starting to put together some workshops. So just give me a follow and you'll never miss out on all the cool stuff I've got coming up. We're also doing a challenge right now for a $50 gift card to a spa. So if you want to find out more about the Courage Over Comfort Challenge, just visit my Instagram or Facebook page and you'll be able to learn more. I hope you guys have an awesome couple of weeks and I'll see you later.